Welcome to the Tech Post, where we cover everything that's happening in the world of technology. I'm Shawnee Ryan, and this show is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any technology-related questions, or if you have something that's happening in the world of tech and you'd like to be featured on the show, then please get in touch by emailing techpost at limerickpost.ie. And don't forget that this show also goes out as part of the podcasting network from the Limerick Post, so you can subscribe to the Limerick Post podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And joined once again this week by Dave the Don O'Neill. Dave, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. How are you doing, Dave? The last show of the year before we break up and go and have a nice little bit of festive time. Yeah, it's been an interesting 2021, isn't it? Uh, you know, in spite of everything, it did fly. It did. It actually really flew by. I, like, I can't believe that we're back here again. It doesn't seem like a year ago we were here, given our uh, review of 2020, um, the year that never was, and 2021 <coughs> kind of followed on with it. And uh, But uh, yeah, we're here to wrap up 2021, have a look back and give our predictions for 2022. So Dave, uh, so that's still to come on the show later on. Myself and Dave are going to give a quick review of 2021 and our best and worst of the year and a few predictions. But before we do that, Dave, let's uh, let's run through some of the big things happening in the world of technology in the last few weeks. And I'm going to kick off here with something that's near and dear to my heart. And uh, that is something I was reading the other day about Okay, anybody who follows any of the like the, the wearable devices and this this isn't okay for me it's the Apple Watch. For a lot of other people it'll be the, the Samsung watch. Uh, so up to now and, and currently, you cannot get the cellular versions supported here in Ireland. There are no carriers that support the eSIM system in any of the wearable devices. And, and I mean officially in a consumer level supported right so you can get eSIMs so the, it is possible to get like so if your phone supports a regular SIM and an eSIM um, a lot of phones now have that dual SIM capability you can get an eSIM for it but there's nothing in the wearable section you can't get that activated on any of those devices and I've been wanting this for years so like the apple cellular watch came out with version 3 of this of the watch we're on version 7 of the watch now so for years there has been no cellular capability and it's something that i've always wanted i wanted to get to the point where i could go if i was going to the shop or going out for the evening for dinner or something or going for a walk that i could just bring my watch and my headphones with me and that means i could still get my text messages i could take calls could make calls but don't have to bring the phone with me yes i've wanted that and i've regularly tweeted to and and asked the question when i've been on to the phone to any of the providers uh the network providers in ireland and uh, asking them when are they going to bring support for this and either I've gotten the answer of no plans or the answer has been that 
uh, well actually no there's just been no answer I've regularly gotten tweets just completely ignored with nothing replied back from them so where I'm leading to with this is in the last few weeks Comreg which is the Irish telecoms regulator has said that they want mobile operators here to start provisioning eSIM devices more because Ireland is way behind on the take-up of eSIMs. And even if you just take it down to the point of, like, you know the way you go get a new phone at the moment or a switch provider and you're given a SIM card. And quite often those SIM cards can have problems with them. They can have actual real problems as in your, your, your data might be limited, uh, the speed, uh, your connectivity, your calls might drop everything and you might just have a dodgy SIM card, a faulty SIM card. And changing the SIM card does work in many occasions like that. But even if you take it from an environmental side, there's no reason to be giving out these physical plastic items. They don't need to be produced anymore because the phones support eSIMs. So if one, it would make it easier for you to switch providers in minutes if you could get an electronic SIM. But the second part then is for these wearable devices, if Ireland, if Comreg mandate the mobile operators to provide greater support for the eSIMs, then it means all these, what they're being termed as is secondary com- consumer devices. These things become active. And the unfortunate part of this mandate is that Comreg have said that like they're obviously doing a kind of consultation process on it now, which will probably end sometime next summer. And they're going to then give the operators 12 months to implement whatever rules it brings in, which means anybody who is going to take it to the last minute, we're at June 2023. And Ireland is way behind Europe on eSIM adopt. Uh, the adoption of it and here we are now going to further it out even more now it's good news that Comreg have actually decided to take this on board and say operators get your house in order and get eSIM compatibility and support rolled out but to think that it could be another year and a half away it's uh, it's galling I would love to see this available tomorrow um, I would I'd go out I'd upgrade my watch straight away to a, a cellular version if I could if I could do this yeah, you see what's funny is two of the um, big providers in this country are international companies that have probably implement, uh, sorry, implemented it in other countries yes they have already yes yeah. they definitely have including the UK right it yeah. is possible and that means yeah. that right next door to us they have implemented this but for some reason they're not implementing it over here and I don't know why like this is we are way way behind on this eSIM support so I would be saying to listeners get on to your provider and even as I said earlier on even from a an environmental issue here like why are they still giving out these and manufacturing and giving out these plastic sims we want to produce less plastic in the world why are they still reliant on this technology that is decades old when yeah it really done, is yeah when it could be done over the year you could basically be able to go into an app on your phone and say i want to switch from provider a to provider b 
and within minutes your new sim is active on your phone and not having to wait and not having to go to a shop not having to go and get this small piece of plastic that has to be broken down into the size that fits into your device and then wait for someone at the operator level to activate it this could all be done in minutes and it like we really should be moving to that like we're, we're heading into 2022 the fact that it's not here in Ireland yet is it, it, it's, it's a real shame and even if you go back to like the, the, the failures that we've talked about before in the show about uh, the national broadband plan and things <laughs> like that like we're so far behind on some of these things we lead so many things but we're so far behind on some of this stuff as well and I don't yeah. understand why like we, we are a very progressive nation but this these small little things are the things that are holding us back so okay I'm going to say it's good news that Comrade are finally taking this on board but how long is it going to be before we actually see this in action hopefully within the next few months even actually um, it's not just like things like watches and wearable devices there's a lot of people with like you can get the cellular version of like an iPad or any kind of tablet and if it supports an eSIM then these mm. will be available too as well so that is my uh, that's my take on the situation with the um, Apple Watch and eSIM compatibility so I think we'll move on from there Dave uh, that's, that's the first one so I want to give a quick update as well on uh, the last show we talked about uh, the media streaming servers and specifically I was talking about Plex and I promised you an update on this um, I had done a test trying to watch live TV from a Raspberry Pi and that didn't work uh, it couldn't handle the HD and I said I was going to test it out on an upgraded NAS box which I did and it works so you could use one of these like um, like these uh, MyCloud devices um, as long as you get one of the latest ones they're not cheap they're not cheap devices but if you could use one of these which have a Plex Media Server built into them and connect it to something like the HD Home Run and have that connected to your aerial and you could use that to get your live TV so previously when I tried this I think probably about two years ago the box wasn't fast enough to handle this but just want to give an update that the new NAS boxes can do this so if you wanted to get this going without having to build your own PC or use whatever desktop machine that you have you can get one of these small devices uh, it can double up for you as besides storing your media stuff you can use it also as a cloud backup to all your files so it means that any any device any computer you have yeah. in your network can back up to yeah. this as well Absolutely, and they, they have integration with all sorts of services like OneDrive, uh, Google Drive, etc. Probably iCloud as well. I don't know, but yeah, uh, it, it, they things. do integrate. So it, it yeah. um, so whatever drives you have in there, your data can be backed up automatically. Yeah, and a lot of these actually have the capability. Like, so if you go for something like a four bay drive, you can have four different drives inside and it raided across each other, which means that your data is replicated across all the drives. So if one drive fails, at least your data is still safe and you can get a lot of storage out of these things so like i think the base configuration on these things would be what um maybe like 12 terabytes of storage in the base configuration of these 
uh, but yeah. you can get like really really um, say, say like the one that I actually tested uh, was the Synology box and the model is a, a DS920 plus it's a 4 bay NAS storage yeah you can get it up to 24 terabytes of storage on this wow. so now as I say they're not cheap alright so if you went for like the 4 terabyte uh, solution on this which is still a lot of storage and 4 terabytes um, you are looking at somewhere around a thousand euro mark but for that really yeah yeah yeah, they're actually they're inexpensive enough um that's with good proper i think they're like western digital red drives which are really high rated um so you could you could get cheaper drives inside them if you wanted uh, get your own drives inside them but you are looking Mm. at roughly around that but for that you have something that gives you full backup across four different drives and as I say your data is replicated across them which means if a drive fails you still your data is still safe and it can act as your media server and connect it to one of these HD home run devices and you can use it for live TV inside in your house and outside so that's just my latest update on that and as we go through 2022 I'm sure I'm going to be testing more and more of these devices uh, to find out what uh, what's the best one to use or what is compatible with what and I'll give you more updates on that I also promised that I'd test out the MB system as well because uh, the, the, the two main systems out there are Plex and MB and I've tried MB I prefer the Plex interface but I'm going to go back to it and test it out a bit more again anyway just to see if there's like as, as each one kind of goes through different versions there's different features so I'll have to do a bit of an update on a review on that at some stage in the future so uh, you can uh, you can remind me about that again in the, in the future Dave on the, the Plex and MB systems and cool. we'll see where we go on that alright okay so moving along Dave let's go and have a look at a few things on the Microsoft side of things uh, so first one uh, this is bad news for anybody who uses Office 365. So it mainly in the, mainly I suppose in the, in the, the corporate side of things really. Um, so Microsoft, earlier on this year, they um, announced that they were going to increase the prices of their Microsoft Office 365 products by roughly about 15 to 20% each on a lot of the products uh, so that is coming in I think in March 2022 but they have now also announced that they are going to charge a 20% extra premium on those who want to pay monthly instead of annually which to me is it's it's a bit gouging would that be right? it I is uh, yeah yeah you know, I guess it all comes down to, I hate to get boring here, but accountancy. Um, if you pay annually, I guess they, they, there's less work for them to do to account for it all. Yes. And so they're as well charging as more so that you, you, know, you pay for their extra work. Yeah. And as well as that, like, okay, there is always a 12-month minimum commit with most of the Office 365 stuff anyway. But it means That's that right. if people are paying annually, once you go in and you renew for your second year, then you're renewed for the year you don't you can't change your mind after two or three months into like month 13 month 14 you can't change your mind if you're going monthly um if you pay annually you have paid for the year so i'm sure they want to see that because it 
locks people in for longer terms and it, it kind of yeah. reduces their churn rate. Um, but it's going to hurt a lot of businesses to have to pay for this upfront in a year <laughs> instead of monthly. Well, the SMEs for sure, because, you know, um, SMEs can range from having a couple of email addresses to having like 20 of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And this, this adds up, like a lot of it adds up, but having mm. to pay for a, a 20% premium on a monthly charge, like I know it usually in, in a lot of places where you sign up to stuff, there's usually a, a small amount of a, a discount if you pay annually. A lot of places do that mm. anyway uh, to encourage you to do that. But a 20% increase it's uh, there, there's actually a petition on change.org already to ask them ask uh, Microsoft to uh, change this and protest against it uh, well so, I'll tell you something when, when it comes to Microsoft and their some of their more questionable decisions mm-hmm. they tend to roll back on those if enough pressure is put on them so if you make enough noise about it yeah um, they'll roll back on certain things they're doing it now with Windows 11, which we'll talk about later. But mm-hmm. um, they did it with the Xbox um, Xbox One back in 2014. They were going to really lock down the whole thing. Everyone was like, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. And um, they made enough noise about it and they rolled it back before they released it. Yeah. Like, so if you make enough noise, if all the businesses get together and make enough noise, maybe they'll reconsider a few things. Yeah. So like Microsoft, the majority of their revenue comes from business customers. And like their market capitalization passed, uh, it, was, it was nearly, I think, two and a half trillion dollars at some stage during the year. It really grew. Like their, their stock price uh, um, is like really performed in 2021. Um, and they're, they're actually, I think, that they're close to a tipping point with this, with their pricing of actually having people make the decision to change. Because if something is of good value, and even if it's a premium amount, um, if it's of good value, then people will stay and they'll stay the status quo because they don't want to go through the hassle of changing email providers and having to change all their devices and um, the configuration on each and each of the users. Uh, so it's easier to stay as it is because migrating email can be a, a painful exercise. But yeah. if your price gets to a certain point, it makes people question it. So suddenly the bean counters in the company will say, wait a second, what are our options? And that price increase could be enough to tip people over and make them uh, make them switch to whether it's G Suite or standard IMAP accounts. Uh, yeah, like but I know in my day job. A lot of customers that use Microsoft Office 365, and I know there is a good few companies who will seriously consider not going uh, that way, uh, making the change, or will it'll be a harder sell to new customers with the new pricing. So I think they're probably mm. are going to have to roll back on this, and so we'll see what happens on that. Uh, we will keep you updated in early 2022 on that, on what happens there. But a note on changing providers, though. If you're just going from one to the other, what's to stop Google from doing the same thing a year from now? Oh, nothing. You know, this is it. When you're paying for something monthly as a service, you're at the company's mercy in that regard because uh, without much competition in there or making it such a hassle to change, Hmm. you're kind of stuck. You're stuck. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, you are. 
and and they know it they know it so there's nothing stopping google from doing the same thing a year from now uh, once they get enough people um you know coming from uh, microsoft over there then they could just stick it to them you know? mm. so like where do you go from there Microsoft have termed this as like a new commerce experience. And I'd love to know who came up with that name. It sounds terrible. Anyway, we'll see and yeah. it'll be more updated. They had they had originally um, expected to bring this in last October and they delayed it to January. Now they're delaying it until March. So I think maybe you're right uh, that uh, maybe if there is enough pushback, they may change on this. They may, they, they may roll back on it. And I hope they do yeah. actually, because I think uh, I think it's I think it's just a, a too much of an ask. So we'll keep you updated further on that in the new year. So okay, let's uh, let's go forward, and I'm sti- I'm sticking with Microsoft here actually, Dave. Now because a a flaw mm-hmm. was announced only a couple of days ago in um, in Microsoft Outlook, which allowed people to spoof. Uh, like spoof the sender's address uh, by sending an email and if how do I get this to say this right now that if like inside in the receiving company if this information of the sender was looked up in uh, their active directory system then it would auto fill in other details about the server the sender's identity including Photos that might be on the on file in the in the system, uh, files shared between users, uh, email addresses and fo- uh, contact phone numbers. So effectively, it's a, kind of a, a phishing attack by sending in yeah. a spoofed address and can be used to harvest the credentials and details of the person that you're spoofing. So it's um it's pretty it's pretty serious. Uh, so this flaw was discovered in uh, Outlook by a security, uh, highlighted by a security research company, um, Avanan. And um, this is going to have to be patched pretty quick. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a big one. It's a big one. It, it is. It's potentially a big one. And uh, there's plenty of people out there who will exploit it. Uh, so you're right. It has to be done very quickly. Yeah. So you, like any businesses that are using Outlook in the company now and have an active directory system set up like that, um, you can help safeguard yourself by making sure that uh, you have DKM and, and SPF checks installed um, and you can ask your IT provider about that to make sure that there is no emails coming in from uh, unauthenticated senders. But it's definitely, uh, definitely a big one there and hopefully they get that resolved very very quick and not so much not directly related to to microsoft here but kind of uh qualcomm uh, one of your favorite companies i think are they? <laughs> uh, they have uh i know it's amd you love yeah you're the AMD yeah. guy yeah uh, qualcomm have announced their new snapdragon 8cx gen 3 god where do they get these naming things um and they just take a leaf out Apple's book, M1, <laughs> M1 chip. So eight CX. Because they'll get sued. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could just call this the like P1 or. It's not like um, I think we all know that Apple are pretty litigious. So. Yes, they are indeed. <laughs> anyway, this new Qualcomm chip is a Windows-focused chip, so Windows on ARM. So it's an ARM-based chip, and it's promising and 
85% faster Windows on ARM experience. All right. So you're a real, real CPU boost here on this over the day, um, the Gen 2. Uh, it's the first time they've used five nanometer uh, fabrication on the chips and also a 60% GPU performance. So that's nice. a fairly big one. And obviously like Qualcomm make a lot of chips for mobile devices, but this one is uh, specifically targeted at um, ARM PCs. So any of the things like the tablets that would support Windows on ARM, which kind of failed when Microsoft brought it out for the Surface at the time. The, remember the original Surface? Uh, yeah, the RT, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Windows, or Windows 8. Windows 8. Um, didn't uh, didn't really take off, but uh, Windows on ARM could be getting a nice boost here, and this could this could really be the start of it. I think uh, based on well, this chip, cool. I, I think part of the problem is Windows itself. It's just not optimized for ARM. No, it's not. But they, this might um, like considering. So there's a lot of work to go yet. Yeah, considering that there's a lot of work being done on people getting uh, different OSs running on the Apple ARM, uh, like the, the new laptops and iMacs and everything that have the M1 chip in it. Yeah. Um, they, and uh, obviously a lot of people want to put Windows on these devices as well, so that they can dual boot. Uh, I think this might be the, like if, considering that the, um, the Qualcomm are stepping up their, their game here on these chips, we might see a lot more because, like, they're 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 talking about like twenty five hours of usage in on a single charge on some of these devices. Wow! All right, that's okay. like that's a full day of usage. Wow, that's a uh, that's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Anything that's uh, about twenty hours or more, that's seriously impressive. Yeah. So, like, the, these things now are, are they're pretty packed, like, because uh, the Qualcomm obviously make the chips for that go into a lot of mobile devices for connecting to the network. So, it's going to feature their latest five G modem in it. Um, mm-hmm. It also has Wi Fi six E inside in it, and okay. there's a lot of uh, improvements on the artificial intelligence side in it. So, um, it's going to have uh, accelerated things like. Um, the, the, do you know the Microsoft eye contact thing whereby it shows the person, even though they're looking at their screen, because if they're on a call to you, a video call to you, they're looking at the screen because they're looking at you. But this eye correction makes it look as though their eyes are looking at the camera rather than your picture on the screen. So it, that that's going to be boosted inside in it. Uh, they, it also has a thing called a Spectra ISP. So this is the video Again, calling is going to be video meetings are going to be enhanced with better autofocus, 4K HDR, uh, auto white balance, auto exposure, uh, and additional noise and echo cancellation on the audio as well. So that this is going to really step up. This is a pretty packed and full of features chip. So I think this might say uh, we might see Windows on ARM. Windows going to have to Microsoft are going to have to uh, up their game on the. On optimizing Windows for it, because this could be the way forward. They need yeah. to for it to be to be. Oh, the, it will be. It will be done. Yeah, yeah. So there, I think there's also an entry level version as well, which is the Seven C Plus. Again, these names, uh, Gen Three. That's going to be forty uh, percent better CPU and thirty five percent better graphics, and it's on a six nanometer architecture fabrication architecture. So 
that is the Snapdragon processors. Um, so I think that kind of brings us right through on the, the Windows side of things, uh, Microsoft and Windows and Qualcomm. Okay, Dave, let's uh, go on. We'll just uh, give a brief mention here that Amazon uh, had their reInvent 2021. It's from AWS, Amazon Web Services. Uh, they had that event there recently. And I just wanted to mention briefly two different things inside it. So they announced a new Internet of Things platform. And one of them was RoboRunner. And the uh, that's really, it's an expansion of the RoboMaker. It's kind of like, providing robotic services as a service, a cloud-based service. So it's a simulation service um, to effectively allow you manage things like if you had autonomous guided vehicles inside in a factory or robotic uh, equipment that you can easily have all this configured and the AI in the cloud, uh, which means that deploying new devices becomes a lot easier because everything at this collaboration of the, these things working together is all done through a, a cloud-based software system so they announced the uh, that which was the the robo runner <coughs> and um, also they also announced a few new database capabilities for enterprise databases and um, it's probably like it's it's the Amazon Dino DB uh, so I, all I'm basically doing is mention is go and have a look at that if, if, if that's presented there's probably not much really that we can go into on that without sending people to sleep really but uh, if uh, if you're interested go and have a look go and have a look online at the uh, um, uh, AWS reInvent 2021 uh, systems so Dave 2021 Dave um, one of the big things that started at the start of 2021 which it, it kind of it feels like so long ago now, but remember WhatsApp came out with their new terms and conditions that they were warning about everybody about that they were going to change their terms and conditions, and it led to a mass exodus from WhatsApp. Uh, yeah, went over. We actually covered some of the alternatives here on a previous show, and uh, there's things like Signal or Telegram. But uh, there was a lot of people because uh, effectively it's Facebook kind of trying to integrate. They wanted to. It, it looked like the talks were that they want to integrate WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, all kind of things into one app, and um, by changing their terms and conditions, meant that they would be able to give your data if you're a WhatsApp user uh, over to Facebook as well, so they'd get even more data on everybody. And a lot of people got scared about that as to what they were going to be doing with the data and snooping on your your um, conversations or different habits. So. Uh, there was a huge switch at the time to Signal and Telegram. And I see it myself, like I use Signal, and I see a lot more people uh, on Signal than was previously there. Uh, so that was, uh, it, it's hard to think that that was less than a year ago. Uh, leading on after that then, uh, there was a great uh, immersive software course announced in UL. And I would uh, strongly encourage people to go back into the previous feeds here on the show and uh, I had a great interview there with some of the leads of the course uh, so go back in uh, back earlier kind of March April of uh, 2021 and you'll find the interview there we'll run through that and uh, I think I might follow up on that in the new year actually and see where that's leading to 
Um, also, uh, I suppose the, the the standard staples were there in twenty twenty one anyway. We always had like the, the the new laptops, Surface laptops, new iPhones, new Google Pixels, new uh, Samsungs. Everything they were all there. Um, anything stand out for you on the Surface laptops? Anything that uh, that was kind of uh, a game changer or anything different, really, with you? No, they're just expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, oh I God. see a lot of these laptops that come out, and they, they, like some of them are very powerful. They they boast um, huge battery life hours and, and all that kind of stuff. But they're just laptops, you know. There's yeah. nothing really special about them. They still have some of the drawbacks that all laptops have. Yeah, I, I forgot as I was asking you, Dexy. I forgot that you're an Apple convert now with your new iPad. Oh, ah, yeah. uh, ah. <laughs> uh, Mm. Yeah, look, it's it's a nice media consumption device. Yes, indeed, it is. Um, and, and actually, like, okay, there are people out there who use it for pro features and use it as their everyday device for computing. Yeah, I couldn't uh, But primarily, it really is just a very good media consumption device. Yeah, uh, that's but, that's the big one for me. Uh, something to uh, to use at home and at work, you know, for uh, testing on the web and for consuming media. But beyond that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't use it uh, for any particular length of time that would be compared to a desktop. You know, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't replace your desktop needs right now, anyway. No, not by a long shot. Yeah, so, um, okay, seeing as we're on Apple, let's uh, have a quick chat about some of the things that they brought out uh, during the year. They had the M1 IMAX came out. Um, yep. They also brought out the new, later in the year, the new MacBooks with the uh, enhanced M1 chips in it. I think it was called the Pro and the Max. Uh, That's right. Yeah, um, they brought out their AirTags, uh, which was mm. long rumoured, but uh, they brought those out. I actually... Uh, got a few of those and actually you know last the last show we were talking about some of the bugs and uh that um in some of the apple software and i was uh, uh right. i got i got a few people who were uh, talking to me afterwards uh, listening to the show and they were surprised let me, let me guess tim cook wrote to you personally said he's going to fix them all <laughs> he, he didn't just write to me he he oh. me. <laughs> oh <laughs> you're not on but whatsapp I'm not whatsapp so i i missed that <laughs> anyway uh no he i messaged me and said so sorry shawnee so sorry we'll, we'll get we'll get to all that we'll get that sorted for you um anyway one thing i forgot to mention actually on the last show anyway and about the air tags is every so often i've noticed and uh, that the first time this happened to me um, I was uh, I'd, I'd left the house I got in so I bought an air tag on my my car keys right, so that if I ever lose them I can just go into the app and go and find where I left them uh, handy sometimes if you're in the house and you can't remember where you left them down uh, but if I did ever lose them when I was out and about uh, it would be good to find them so I uh, one stage anyway I got into the car and I was driving down and uh, stopped at traffic lights and my watch binged and I just had a quick glance at it and it said uh, air tags have been left behind your keys air tags are no longer in range and oh. I was sitting there looking going well I'm in the car the car started because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to drive to here and you're now telling me like 10 minutes after I've left the house that you can't see the, the keys anymore 
Now, the phone was like basically, what, two feet away from the keys. So uh-huh. that was a weird one. I was like, okay, right, I'll let it slide. But it has happened a number of times since. Oh. It has happened where the phone has told me uh, that the keys have been left behind when I've been in the car or even just walking. Uh, is It'll tell me that they're no longer in range when they're right beside each other. And I mean, not even, not even like that they're at different sides of the house or anything like that. Like the phone is in one pocket, the keys are in the other pocket, and it tells me that it, that they're, I've left them behind. So that's another bug that I'm seeing, and it's happening. Like I, I suppose enough to mention it. It's happened a good few times to me now. Um, but the other side of that as well is the the thing that they need to up their game on is. There was one day that I went out and I left my keys in the house and I didn't need my keys because I was just going over to a neighbor's. So I walked out, I left and it took about six to seven minutes before it reminded me or alerted me that my keys were behind. Now, if I had like left, gone out, gotten on a bus or gone someplace or some gotten into a car with someone else and gone, being nearly 10 minutes down the road and then alerting you that you left them behind you're you're gone far enough that you might not turn back yeah yeah so so and and it's kind of late these things should be alerting you literally within seconds of going out of range that's yeah i was thinking the same thing you know once you get a certain distance away say hey did you mean to leave them behind come on yeah exactly now right i had years and years ago i'm going back God, it's five, six, seven years ago. I had, um, I don't know if you ever remember me talking about this, uh, a Pebble Watch. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I remember these, you mentioned these that. These yeah. were out before the Apple Watch. And the Pebble Watch was basically uh, one of these smart connected watches, Bluetooth to your phone. So it would, it was, it was an e-paper display similar to the, the Kindles, that kind of thing. So you'd, hmm. get a, you'd get like nearly a week out of the battery life on them. And, um, they alerted it. They showed you your notifications on screen. Uh, there wasn't the same interaction that you have with the Apple Watch. There wasn't the same apps and ecosystem. But it did most of the basic functions. And it would also, there was a feature on it where it would tap you on the wrist if you left your phone behind. Mm-hmm. A number of times I left work, walked out the door, got into the elevator, and literally before I'd even pressed the button to go down, my watch binged and I looked at it and it said phone out of range and I went God left my phone on the desk back in get it back out gone very very handy now that was five six years ago so it's not as though this is not possible these things when you leave them behind it's a bluetooth device these should be letting you know within seconds not minutes and that's another thing they need to up their game on. They really need to fix that, that when you walk away, the, the sooner you find out about this, the better. Because if you, can't, you don't want to walk away and even like close the front door and forget to lock it because you have left your keys behind and just kind of walked out the door. And then suddenly it tells you, hey, you've left your keys behind. Uh, it should be telling you almost as soon as you're gone out the door, not 10 minutes later. So there's another little thing I forgot to mention the last day um, yeah 
But I, I wonder if the issue you're having with the AirTags at the moment is some sort of power saving thing that maybe the AirTag goes to sleep to conserve battery, maybe, and the phone can't uh, detect it. So, yeah. That could be, you could be onto something there, actually. Yeah. Maybe. Right. It's, and it's that, a theory. That actually could be also part of the other issue whereby because they're in kind of like they, they're not checking in with the network that often mm. it means that like if, if it checks in just before I leave and then I leave the phone would basically say well I saw them like a minute ago or 30 seconds ago and then it could be five minutes before the phone checks again and it says oh I can't see them and it might take a minute while it's looking and then says okay they're not in Bluetooth range now I know why so you're talking about your that could be your five six seven minutes there before it alerts because there could be a gap in how often it checks right but, but we know we know that phones have or at least well they do technically speaking motion sensors right yeah so like if you're just sitting down the phone is stationary then it doesn't need to check in too often so you yeah. can really spread them out but if it detects movement then it should kind of be like oh okay well maybe i should try and ping the air tag all mm. of a sudden yeah and especially like if you walk out of wi-fi range of your house it knows that you've walked out of the wi-fi network mm -hmm. because it now yeah. has to connect to 4g um so or 5g depending on what you're on um so um it should know it should straight away say well i've gone out of bluetooth or wi-fi range mm. so I, I that means i've left the area that i was in so let's check and see because like the whole idea of these things is that you'd put them into bags or luggage or different things to and, and hope to stop it being um, stolen. But what's the point if it's going to tell you ten minutes later that like your wallet or your bag is gone? Yeah. That's way too late. It should be telling you within seconds so you can look around and see who's darting for the door, but not <laughs> ten minutes later because. Yeah, they're well gone. What's the point in that? So send send uh, Tim a Watts up there. Okay, <laughs> get him on it. Yeah. Uh, so staying with Apple, also Dave in twenty twenty one, there was a huge backlash on the CSAM issue that uh, Apple had uh, said they were bringing in the scanning of photos in the iCloud for the child sexual abuse material and uh, we did a very good show on that as well actually so definitely go back into the archives on the shows and uh, listen back to that um, that was a big backlash and I, I think I made my kind of my views known at the time that this was something that was there for protection and it's something that's being done by all the other companies already anyway and they were not going to be delving into your devices and trying to figure out what you have and go through it. It was only if it matched what was already in the database, but uh, they had to roll back on that. So that was an unfortunate thing that happened in 2021. Yeah, I forgot uh, they rolled yeah, back on that, of course, yeah. yeah. Mm, so let's see what happens in 2022 if that kind of comes back again. 20, I think it will. Mm, 2021 also unfortunately saw the ransomware attack on the HSE um, and another a good number of companies uh, in Ireland and all around the world uh, that were caught with ransomware. Uh, it costs billions in the industry and I was actually reading mm. something there during the week they were saying that um, most companies, most SMEs in Ireland, if they were hit by ransomware that crippled them, they probably wouldn't last past five days before they'd be out of business if they were, if they were got locked out completely of their networks Jesus. and their data. So, wow. um, 
that's something to really consider making sure you have good systems and up to date and patched and firewalls and everything to try and and more importantly consistently educate your users to try and avoid these attacks all right you know all it takes is for a dodgy email with an attachment yeah you know yeah so this is they might not even need to hack into your system they could just send it right to you yeah and people will open it and unfortunately get caught so yeah um yeah that was like that was a serious attack that happened on the hsc here that time that was like they were crippled for weeks Mm. so and everything they're having a few it woes at the moment i don't know if you've been uh listening but you know they're sending out like appointments for vaccines that don't exist and stuff like that that the system is uh, it's it's confused i think oh i didn't know about that Uh, yeah happened to me i I got my booster shot right um i don't mind saying so i got my booster shot back in early october Uh, a week later i got another appointments um text to say come to the vaccination center for your booster shot (laughs) um naturally i i i ignored it because i knew it was probably you know yeah fake not fake but uh, in error yeah uh but yeah it ended up like um that someone from the hsc rang me to confirm that it was a mistake oh. and not to come oh right. yeah okay so they have to put somebody on that as well so somebody has to do the ring around and see and, and tell people look it's we sent this out a mistake don't come to the vaccination center wow wow well, at least they so, thought it was at least there you a go. mistake hmm. yeah, yeah yeah but it's still happening wow yeah, it wasn't an easy time for the the IT or the staff of the HSC with that ransomware, and uh, hopefully those people yeah. end up. Um, actually, no, I, I was. What was I, the I outcome of that again? Actually, the ransomware. What, like, what happened to them? <laughs> mm, like, did they pay the ransom? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I actually don't know. No, I um, don't either. There was rumors, enough. I don't either. There was rumors whether they had or hadn't at the time, but um, I don't actually know. Right, I, I think we're entitled to know. They're a yeah. public uh, government uh, body. <laughs> they need to tell us. It'll come out at some stage. Um, <laughs> you know it will. All right. 2021 also saw Windows 11, which we were you we ah, earlier yes. on. And I think you have a few comments on that. I did. And I think the last time we spoke about Windows 11, I had installed it. And yes. I said I was getting on fine. Yeah, and you know what I was, but there were a few niggles um, with the interface and a few other things that I just didn't like. Okay. Um, oh well, um, I just felt like sometimes you got to click on something twice to bring it into focus. When you try to do a search, it brings up the start menu and then it switches to the search. Blah blah. blah. It's just very kind of, I don't know. It's Unpolished. not quite as re- polished and refined. Yes, yeah. and. And a big one for me is like I use a dual monitor system, right? So I watch mm-hmm. um, videos on my main monitor. So if I have a video full screen and stuff like that, sometimes I want to check the time. Yeah. I just want to check the time. And I look over, I'm on Windows 10, and I can see the time is on the other taskbar on my second monitor. Yeah. Not so on Windows 11. Oh, really? There's no clock. No clock on the second taskbar. It's only on your main display. Oh. Something they took away, but uh, I think they'll they'll bring that back. I think uh, people are going to complain about that. But for me, I rolled back to Windows 10 uh, because I just wanted to. Um, well, for me, I just wanted to try it out first and yeah. I, and go back to something that I know works. And I'll probably switch back to 11 maybe sometime 
uh, next year, maybe March or April, whenever they have addressed um, a lot of the teething problems, if you will, okay. that inevitably will occur at, uh, with any operating system release, the initial release. Hmm. Okay, right. Okay, well. Let's... Yeah. Yeah, Windows 11 is just fine. There are a lot of people on Windows 11 at the moment who are using it and they think it's great, no doubt. Um, maybe they, they don't think it's perfect, but they're probably... Um, you know, finding some of the features useful, especially that multi-monitor feature where it remembers where the windows are, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe, maybe they're, they're enticed enough to stick with it. For me, I was more enticed to go back to Windows 10. So that's what I did. And I plan to try it again next year. Okay. All right. Well, that's another one for 2022 that we can, uh, look forward to is getting another review in, uh, we will, Windows we will. Like when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to a major release like that, uh, you can't just uh, stick with the initial review. You have to wait for things to get fixed and see how it how it um, performs maybe three months in and six months in and so on. Mm. Okay, All right. well, we look forward to that in 2022, Dave. Um, and actually mm -hmm. speaking of that, you just reminded me of something there now when you were talking about the, the dual monitors and everything. And I, yep. I, 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 I'm going to caveat this with I don't have the exact details in front of me here because I just remembered seeing it as a side story and I didn't delve into it too much. But there, there's been a problem in the last few weeks, a good few people have reported with the new MacBook Pros um, that came out uh, with the Apple Silicon chip inside them. They've been having problems connecting third-party monitors properly to these and getting a proper resolution out of them, that they're not being, oh. the, they're not getting the full resolution. That it's either very blurry, or it's not supporting the the proper full resolution that the monitor can get to. And okay, I remember there, there was. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the app now. Uh, this guy who's just a normal developer guy, who developed an app called Better Dummy. <laughs> Better mm. Dummy, and this app effectively it uses like what apple do for kind of like casting to an apple tv or the airplay system things like that it creates a virtual uh, monitor on your machine yeah. and then it mirrors that virtual monitor to the actual monitor so the virtual monitor gets the full resolution and all the text smoothing etc but it then right. mirrors that over to the monitor. So this guy developed just, and it's a free open source piece of uh, piece of code um, that he's done. And um, I'm actually just trying to find the article here just to get the full details of it. But um, you just, uh, yeah, you just remind me of it there. But um, no, cool. anyway, look, so that just said I'd right. mention that in. Now, did I mention what the um, was the monitor connected on over Thunderbolt or was it uh, DisplayPort or something else? Doesn't matter whichever way you connect it to. It just okay. Any, anything that's a third-party monitor, not, not yeah. an Apple monitor, that there was a lot <sighs> of them that were having problems with this. Ah, uh, mm. yeah, I have no doubt that Apple will fix that. But the only thing with this virtual monitor stuff, there could be a latency penalty with it. So yeah. just kind of bear that in mind. I, I I'm not sure, but it seems to me that there, there would be when, when something like that is handled by software and it has to pass it through something, there's always going to be an extra latency thing. Say your mouse cursor is a little bit behind your movement or anything like that. That can be very annoying and yeah. just something to keep in mind. And maybe it's, maybe it's not even that bad. I don't know. 
Yeah. So uh, I actually found the article here and they were saying that there was blurry text and lower than expected resolutions when using some third party monitors. Uh, so that's really something to watch out for if you have an M1 Mac. Uh, I'm sure Apple yeah. will... Uh, and the reason for that blur is simple because your monitor will always display at its, um, at, at its full resolution. Mm, yeah. So when you feed it a signal that's less than that, it's blowing it up, and that's where yeah. you get the blur from. Yeah. So this guy was this guy was quoted as saying, as it comes down to font and widget scaling and resolution independence. What Apple calls high DPI mode is just the operating system recognizing the plugged-in display operates at super high pixel count and scaling the desktop and user interface accordingly. So this mm. is not happening. So it is a software issue. So obviously they're going to be able to. Uh, to, to fix this so uh, that is something that probably get uh, get released and uh, fixed in the new year as well um, Bill right Dave let's move on with a few other bits and pieces here um, I think uh, that, that's kind of a general wrap up for 2021 anyway uh, but before we go Dave best and worst of 2021 so I, I'm going to give you my two anyway here right so for me okay. Uh, for me, the worst of 2021 is uh, the Apple Podcast app, which is a complete mess at this stage, and I went through the details on the last show. And on the podcasting thing, I also want to give a, a big worst mention to Spotify for the fact that they are taking so many podcasts and buying out the rights to the podcast or getting them to subscribe uh, to a Spotify kind of um, deal. And that means that the podcasts are only available on Spotify. And that to me is not in the, in, not, well, not the interest. It's kind of not the spirit of how podcasts were created. Right? Podcasts were something that were available anywhere in whatever podcasting app you wanted to, on whatever platform you wanted to. And for Spotify to have these things that are closed off only within the Spotify network, I think is bad for podcasts. It's bad for podcast creators. Um, it's going to lock them into something that they're going to lose customers and if they don't get their deal renewed as Spotify down the load they have to go and build up this listenership on third party platforms again I think it's a bad deal and I don't like that on it's like podcasts are the spirit of them was that they were out there and available everywhere the same as the internet is open to everyone can you imagine one provider saying that you can only get certain content on one provider's network and that provide it's that. a backward step really isn't yeah, it yeah it is yeah so that's the worst of 2021 for me the best of 2021 uh, is for me is a game <laughs> and I'm going game. to say it's the Lego Star Wars game that's in Apple Arcade uh, highly I addictive great fun uh, really just something that you just drop in and out of at certain times when you're travelling or bored or something or waiting for someone and um, I, I love it. I love it. I, I, I love any of the the Lego stuff that they do. Any like the Lego Star Wars, Monster Man's name, Indiana Jones, Batman, all those things. The Lego stuff, the games that they came out with in, in all those were brilliant and even the movies. But uh, the Lego Star Wars app that's in Apple Arcade at the moment is absolutely fabulous. So that's a, that's a top for me in 2021. How about you, Dave? Have you got a worst and best? Oh, I had to rack my brain a little bit um, at the top of the show to think of what could be the worst of 2021. Um, you know what uh, really kind of wasted my time the most is something you sent me. And uh, 
<laughs> Are you pointing? This I think you know what it's going to be, right? Uh, I don't. No. I you don't? don't? Okay. Yeah. It was that um, Samsung unpacked parts <laughs> three or whatever it was, where they brought out designs for the Fold Z or whatever it is, uh, different colors. And it was just... Yeah, it, it was a waste of 20 minutes watching the announcement for it because they had such a great unpacked session, like, you know, with, with these excellent foldable yeah. phones, and then they follow it up with that essentially fluff. Yeah, so and fluff I, I, is I do my worst remember, 2021. Yeah, I'm taking the slack on this one because I do remember sending as you say, and you have to watch this. This, yeah, is well, you did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah that's your dark I, side. Of course, I did. <laughs> that's our dark side. <laughs> that was the yeah. worst. What is your best yeah. of 2021? So, before we go, right? Well, I guess you figured if I have to put up with it, so should Dave. But, um, the yeah. best of 2021, um. You know, there wasn't a huge amount of highlights for me um, because not a lot came out that is in my wheelbase, if you will. Um, But um, I I was impressed by the fact that Google went off and made their own CPU with Samsung. So they're kind of um, developing their own distinct Android phone with its own CPU and not just going to Qualcomm like everybody else does and take out whatever the latest chip of the day is um that they did something they innovated in some way and um and you know that it's it's a good precedent um for the future i think yeah. okay you know, you know um, that when we're finished recording here now i'm just going to um edit it so that you say best of 2021 is my ipad <laughs> <laughs> an ipad from um 2016 uh, yeah. so it doesn't count okay um, um right so uh, joint, joint first place there go on Sorry? I was going to say joint first place is also a game, um, well, three games, if you will. The Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition, the remasters of Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. They run like crap at the moment, but I'm glad they did them, and I'm hoping they fix them up a little bit so they perform a bit better, but I'm just glad they came out and, uh, you know, and they actually gave the game some love. Yeah. All right. Okay. So just before we go, Dave, so, and finish off 2021, Mm -hmm. and we'll be back again in 2022, uh, I'm going to give amazing prediction for 2022 okay go for it uh samsung google and um who else actually insert any device manufacturer here are going to bring out new phones (laughs) yeah there you go i couldn't have figured that one Uh, that's uh, an amazing prediction i'm sure you're right um (laughs) of course and i predict there will be a new iphone come september october oh risky move (laughs) right listen everybody have a happy Christmas thanks for listening throughout the year and we'll be back again in the new year hopefully and uh, thanks for everything Dave thanks for joining me and having Uh, a great uh, old uh, hang on hang hang on you didn't ask me if I had a serious prediction I do I have a serious prediction oh okay yeah Um, we're going to see see like I said um, there wasn't a lot released in my wheelbase this year uh, except for Intel releasing their new CPUs and stuff like that which were kind of anticlimactic which I expected Uh, they they run too hot etc 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 but AMD always innovating uh, might be bringing something else out next year they didn't release anything really this year that was um, of uh, like a major change or anything like that but next year is going to be a major architectural change for Ryzen Uh, it's going to be on a new motherboard socket and uh, possibly a whole new design so i'm really looking forward to that i'm hoping it's going to get um, some love in the first half of the year but i have a feeling it's going to be relegated to october time but okay. we'll see that's wow. my prediction okay we'll see we'll chat again about that next year so right dave have a good christmas merry christmas all right 
Happy Christmas, everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining us here on Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM across Limerick City and County with thanks to our friends from Wired FM. FUBAR is sponsored by the Limerick Post newspaper and the music is kindly supplied by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and you can find their great music on Spotify or on Apple Music. We'll be back again in two weeks' time. Bye-bye. <laughs>